to those of us who have practiced the work this far of self-observation. We have done it slowly, week by week. We have not tried to run ahead. We have not tried to improve upon it. We have been using it. And we have experienced certain things. We may have experienced a certain serenity that one never knew before. One may experience that there is an absence of the resentment, an absence of the load and the burden that one has carried about of the accounts receivable. One may be aware that anger and guilt is gone. One may be aware that the expectation is more based on what is, and one may be seeing the value in what is. But powerful adversaries are still active in the world, and one is little in the new world. So one is subject yet to suggestion. Sometimes it is called temptation. So temptation begins to be very active at this stage of existence, and one cannot be tempted into falling away from their state of being that they have just entered, their little ones in the kingdom, their little ones in peace. And it is said that there are great stumbling blocks. It says, woe to the one who is the stumbling block, but they don't seem to notice that. So the world, one is Around one is powerful suggestion at this state. So there is the beginning of a new phase of self-knowing. It is still self-knowing, and it leads to still further experiencing, not only of experiencing a new man, but if one continues in the work of self-observation and its other phases, one will experience faith, and one will experience grace, and one may experience a much richer, richer degree of agape. It is little and it is new at this stage, and while one is considerate, there is constantly the suggestion from without that one should be very proud of this state. One will find that there is constantly someone saying how wonderful it is. And there is a powerful temptation to accept that idea. So this stage of self-observation is that of re-evaluation. Now re-evaluation is to put a new value, to see it consciously and to look at what is and always look for its value. You see there is certain habitual values that the world uses, and they're constantly being suggested to one. So one re-evaluates every suggestion. Now, there is two fundamentals that we will use for re-evaluation. One is that whenever anything is made important, the self becomes anxious. Now, the only thing it can make important is ideals. And one may be tempted by suggestion from the environment to consider that their state of being is ideal. And, of course, that would be a stumbling block in one's way. It would cause a little one to get caught away and might have to start all over again. Now, this is not given as 
any warning or is any threat. It is given as an aim to continue self-observation, self-awareness, to observe all selves now, to observe what other selves are suggesting to one. Remember that because one is out of certain clutches, that it does not mean that one is not subject to suggestion. So is still constant suggestions being made to one to make something important. And the only thing that can be made important is an ideal. So we will reevaluate every ideal as they are suggested to one. Now there will be suggestions of one that everyone should have this work explained to them. And of course, one experiences a certain feeling of peace or joy, one wants to share it with the world, with everyone. And that seems like an ideal to suddenly begin to try to teach everyone. And if one does, one has succumbed to the ideal. And it is quite a jolt if one may, and I hope you do not experience it, that instead you experience re-evaluation of all suggestions. Now vanity says that one can do things. So it is an idea that one can teach all one's loved ones, all one people that one sees requesting information, all the people that are troubled. Vanity says it can do it. But it cannot be done. No one can teach another. One can only put out ideas to people who are already questioning the ideal that the purpose of living is to be non-disturbed. This requires considerable effort. And it is the place in Agape that says in the new world that one is harmless. Because one trying to give information, trying to clarify something for a person who is only trying to find a new means of self-improvement, is to give them ideas which they cannot use. It is like the parable of the sower who went out to sow. Some of the seed he sowed, cast about, fell on rocks, and the birds eat it up forthwith. This is the person who's looking for self-improvement. That's a rock. Some of it fell on very shallow soil, and it sprung up in the first hot day it wilted. Again, it is a person looking for self-improvement, and they think the ideas will give them self-improvement. But the first day, a second force interferes in their pleasure or their fun or their non-disturbance, they will forget all about it and go for another type of self-improvement. Or some falls amongst the brambles, and the brambles choke it out. And this is the one who wants to both self-improve and learn new material. He wants to have his cake and eat it too. And of course, as long as he serves mammon, Mammon, being very strong, will choke out the weak new growth. And so that one is lost. It says that some of the seed falls on good soil, and it brings forth thirty-fold, sixty-fold, or a hundred-fold. So the good soil is that which uses it, 
practices it, experiments with it, and finds out its value. To give it to others is sometimes to be harmful to them. It is better that possibly we wait for a while and that we really want something because we tend to value something that we really want and something that is too easily obtained by somebody coming along and offering it to me when I'm really not looking for that is to put no value on it. And once a person comes to a conclusion that something is worthless, it didn't do what I wanted it to do, that person has blocked the future possibility of seeing because there is a very fundamental that when once a decision is made, it is the rule of attitude action until such time as that decision is discovered and re-evaluated. If we give teaching to a person who is trying for self-improvement, and that's what he really wants, the teaching will not give him something for self-improvement. It will only be a fallacy to him. And he, of course, will come to a conclusion that it is worthless. And some very drastic things may have to happen to that person, or possibly never. So possibly we have blocked by trying to do good, by share our state with everybody that comes along. So we will reevaluate what it means to be helpful. Now that constant suggestion comes to us that we should help all people. It is really that we will work with anyone on the level of which they won't work. If they want self-improvement, give them whatever tidbits is around of it. Or we might ask them questions over a period of time so that they might be given a little crumb that falls from the table that will get them to question the whole purpose of living because without having questioned that that purpose of living is to be non-disturbed that person isn't even a student of self furthermore we generally want to give the great things to those that we want to help and we give it out of line you remember a few weeks ago when you started that observing self was not a pleasant situation we begin to see things that were some of us were very horrified to discover that was in self. We were quite horrified to discover vanity when we thought we were so humble. That we had a very beautiful picture made up of everything that we had heard through the years be complimented. We had put into that false picture, and that is vanity. And we had defended it. We see this on not only the individual but whole nations form an illusion of themselves as being so wonderful. And they're going to do good to the whole world. And so they practice saving the world. They're going to be helpful. They're going to be condescending to all other nations. And of course, this usually leads to war because they don't want to be consented to and they don't want to be helped. They possibly would not mind if someone worked with them. But we see this, what's on the inside of man, expressed in his outward affairs, in his nations, his organizations. We see various institutions that feel they are the only true institution, that they have the only truth. And of course, they try to convert everybody to see it their way. 
and they promise rewards and threaten punishments if one does not. So let's reevaluate every suggestion we hear. Now, if one is observing self, one notices the impact of a suggestion. It is really like a physical blow. One hears it coming. It makes a sound like a bullet going through the air. One is suggested that one should be helpful. One is suggested that one should share everything. But still, there is a great statement that sounds very crude someplace that a very great teacher said, Do not throw that which is holy before doves, and do not cast your pearls before swine, because if they do, the swine will trample them under their feet. It means they will defile them, misuse them, and then they will turn and rend you. In other words, you're still little in the kingdom of heaven. You still possibly have not experienced faith to any degree. And therefore, do not have power. There is much to survive in the new world, much as a baby on arriving to the earth world from the uterine world is in a very precarious position for survival and must be protected and somewhat defended and it is frightened by loud noises and by sudden bright lights and all such other sudden stimuli. When one feels a suggestion coming, it's like a noise to a little infant because one is little in the new world. So one observes these suggestions and immediately re-evaluates. We have an aim to be aware of suggestion and to re-evaluate it. One says, if you do not do so and so, you will suffer great consequences of very dire nature. We will re-evaluate that suggestion. Another one offers one great rewards for doing a certain thing, and one will re-evaluate that suggestion. Does that suggestion offer that I should have self-observation and find out for self? Or should I accept the word of an authority, accept something as being true because I heard it on the radio, or because I heard it on television, or because it was written in a book, or in a magazine, or a newspaper? The newspaper is full of suggestions. One has been reading them all one's life without noticing. One has built up a crippled, tattered spiritual body. Now. The whole effort is to develop a strong, healthy spiritual body. And in order to do it, it must not be contaminated. It must not be infested by evil sources, forces such as suggestions of various kinds. When a baby is little, we take every precaution to protect it from sudden and powerful stresses. We feed it with food that it can handle. The great teacher Paul said he couldn't feed a certain group of people with strong meat. He had to feed them with pap or with milk, and that he gave strong meat to strong men. So recognize that we are babies, infants, in the new world, and that therefore we must be protected and watch that we do not eat contaminated food, which are ideas that there are 
is ideals and that one should improve and that one can improve the world, that one can improve the earth, and that one has all sorts of do-gooding things to do, and that one can improve other peoples by convincing them of certain viewpoints. This is to eat contaminated food, or giving a baby spoiled milk. It is not based on self-observation, and one discovering for self, which all the teaching insists on, that one experiment and discover for self both the truth of the teaching and the value of it. So in this state, we are going to re-evaluate every suggestion. It is our aim. And it is also well to check up to see if one accepted a suggestion from yesterday and the day before. Sometimes in the quiet of the evening or in the early morning, check up what suggestions one heard. See what is functioning within being, because these forces are intent upon tearing you out of that new world. It is an enemy of the new world. Its whole being exists on the new world not existing, and one may be experiencing greatest joy and peace one has ever known. But that doesn't mean that one is beyond the capability of being suggested to. And this is what we're going to observe. So let's write down a sheet of paper that says, Suggestions I Heard Today. And then another sheet of paper that says, Suggestions I Heard Yesterday. And each day through the day, we'll observe these suggestions, whether we heard them audibly, whether we read it, or whether it was implied to us. And we'll write that down for today, and then we will check up at least once every day to see about the ones yesterday. And that way, they will not have much toehold, and they will not have much force. If we should miss one today and get caught with it, it'll be seen very shortly. And this is the beginning of a continual effort of re-evaluation. It is building strength into one's spiritual body. It is nourishing the spiritual body because it is seeing suggestion. A child is grown in its physical body somewhat when it can see traffic coming. It is uh, capable of noticing that this food is not fit to eat, that a certain bottle is marked poison, that it leaves alone things that are not fit for food or drink. Babies, little ones, might drink kerosene or they might drink household cleaning fluids. They might eat almost anything, including dirt, and they might eat bugs or food that's been dropped on the floor in soil. They have no discrimination. Now, we are little in the kingdom of heaven, in the new world. We are a tiny baby born into a new world, a world of agape, of consideration, of harmlessness, and of contribution. But we are little, and the wise little one knows he's little, and observes carefully that he doesn't eat clean and fluid, kerosene, uh, food that's spoiled, contaminated, 
And the food we're talking about is the spiritual food, that which builds the spiritual body. And it is very carefully examined because it comes in the form of suggestion. Suggestion from many, many sources. Suggestion from those nearest and dearest that's in the same school one is. You know, when we started, we said we each had a school. Someone we associated with or was in some sort of a relationship. And it was just as well that that person was not a student. If they are wonderful, if they are not, it's wonderful. And maybe some of those very near to one make suggestions. And we want to uh, be considerate, and we feel that considerate is being nice to them. Considerate means, among other things, that one considers suggestions. It is also considers that the other person is unaware they're giving a suggestion. To be considerate means one who pays particular attention. And of course that makes one considerate or well-mannered towards all people because one paid attention. But the word considerate doesn't mean to simply accept and be kind to all people. It means to consider instead of react. One looks at the situation, sees it in the light of self-knowing, sees it in the light of the teaching. The teaching is a light that one can use for a while. One may not need to always use it, but it is a wonderful light to have around. One experiments with the teaching and considers it, considers the value of it, and considers every suggestion that comes, and almost everything that's said is a suggestion. And if you hear a suggestion in any of these discussions, check it out, consider it, be careful with it. See that it is experimented with before one swallows it. You know, you can always taste a food before you swallow it. You can taste a milk or any liquid to see if it is fit to drink. When you report how it tastes, X says whether it's fit to drink or not, usually. And sometimes we can overpower it and tell that it is. But one can taste of a suggestion or a group of words put together and see if they can be experimented with and found out for self. If you taste of it and find that you cannot experiment with it, it might be well to leave it where it is and experiment See, until such time, place, and circumstance arises in one's way that one can experiment with it. And then one has knowledge. One has knowing. One has wisdom. Wisdom is seeing the value of something, and knowledge is seeing what is, moment by moment. So one has what is and also checks out the value of it. And one is considerate. And when one is considerate, one is harmless to I. One is harmless to being. One is harmless to other people because one was first considerate. And when one is harmless to being and harmless to self, one is making a contribution to survival, to evolvement, to being in a new world, to growing, to having a grown-up spiritual body. So to be considerate means to think carefully, 
to observe and to experiment with it, to taste of it, so to speak, before it is accepted or assimilated into the spiritual body. That new spiritual frame of reference is an entire new creature, and it is growing. It is made by a new education. The first education was just accepted by suggestion from whatever source it came that we considered to be an authority. The only authority we will accept is that we have experimented with it, we have tasted of it, we have been considered it carefully before it is assimilated into this new spiritual body that is being grown, developed, and evolving. And that spiritual body is one's most precious thing. It is more precious than the physical body is, and it is the thing that makes I grow. Now, the teaching idea is that I has never grown, that it was born and was quickly put to sleep into a suspended state and that it did not grow, but that the self grew and accumulated great amount of things, developed many things that were very detrimental. So I, the awareness, is evaluating everything in the personality, in the self, it finds that driving an automobile is worthwhile, it keeps it. It finds that being able to cook is worthwhile, it keeps it. It finds that being able to make clothes is useful, to raise a garden is useful. It finds that having ideals is not useful. It finds that having contention is not useful. It finds that accepting suggestion is not useful, that it is now considered. And this is having a second education based on experiment, based on consideration. And now the self is diminishing and the real I is growing, growing in strength and wisdom because it is taking nothing that it has not experimented with it is accepting no idea from whatever source, even from the teaching, without experimenting with it, checking its value. And then, when all that has been checked, it may accept it as food into the spiritual body. So, the self, which diminishes, and I starts to grow. We have reversed something, and something new is growing and becoming in self. It is evolving day by day. Is it always made where it can't be touched again? No. There is still temptation from the world, the world of the four ideas of ideals, self-improvement, signs and demonstrations of various sorts that this is fact and that is fact because something can be shown. And above all, blaming, which is really anti-agape. As one keeps these little charts of what suggestions I heard today, what suggestions I heard yesterday, one is checking the food supply of the spiritual body. 